Good evening, everybody. We are here with our <coughs> Q&A 151, session 151, 14th of Jan. The year of the Lord, 2023. Hallelujah. Welcome you. And thank you for the questions. Though they were late, they all came in. And uh, we trust once again the Lord for the wisdom to answer the question questions. And I pray you will be encouraged. So this evening, before we start, we look to the Lord. Father, we just thank you once again, Lord. Thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you for all the pastors who came, the, the believers. So many were there, Lord, today. Thank you. Thank you for each one of them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We pray, Father, now. It's another session, another forum, but the same God. Yes. And I pray Christ may be lifted up and be glorified, Lord. Yes. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Jesus name. Amen. amen, amen, amen. So pastor will start with question number 2. Uh it says uh, a genuine Christian struggles with the lust of the flesh, especially sexual sins, and desires to overcome his or her sin. Do you agree that trimming the branch of fighting sexual lusts or other acts, but the root of it is all selfishness and pride? Please counsel. Can you please give a practical approach to overcoming pride and selfishness? It is uh, not just a genuine Christian. Every Christian struggles with uh, with the flesh of which one particular particular. If you go to Galatians chapter five and verse nineteen, gives gives you a list of it, and of that, this is only one of it. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, that too, and uncleanness, lividness. And another list is also given, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, meaning there are so many manifestations of the flesh. Now, uh, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So when, you, when we are talking about the flesh, uh, its manifestations are many. Now, uh, ultimately it is all rooted... Uh, <coughs> are you able to hear or is the sound fluctuating? It's good. Okay. Ultimately, like we, if you saw or if you heard in the morning, the flesh is not our body, though it is in our body. It is not our body. The body is just a shell in which is both the spirit and the soul. Spirit and the soul. The flesh is more, it's a spiritual entity. It's not a spirit in that sense, but it's a spiritual entity which is in the body. Okay, And the flesh came alive when Adam sinned and fell. Till then, he didn't face any of these struggles. Okay, please remember, before the fall, he did not face any of these struggles. Jesus did because he came in the likeness of human flesh. It, it, it does say, so he was tempted at all points. So we need to go back to the, uh, yes, I mean, sounding a little weird. Go back to the fundamentals and see where it started. And uh, 
the soul also comes into this. Okay, soul also comes into it. Now, a baby that is born has all these things technically, positionally in that baby. It's there in that baby. Okay? Only thing, it doesn't manifest. Okay? It does not manifest. What happens is the manifestation of any of these things is usually according to what is fed. What is fed? The outside. That's where you have to realize the flesh is there and the world is there. These two are made for each other. This world system was created by flesh. Over centuries, the entire world system was created by flesh and by the demonic, the other side. The flesh parallel in the demonic realm, in the spiritual realm, are the demonic realm. Okay, are we getting it? Mm. The, this, the, like if you look into this, after that you will say the fruit of the spirit. Okay, it is not called the Works. fruits of the spirit. Yeah. It is called the fruit of the spirit. Now, positionally, when a person is born again and the spirit of God comes to reside in him or her, all these things are there. All these things are there. Everything is there because it comes as a fruit. And as you allow the spirit more and more control and your soul is being renewed and your emotions are being cleansed and changed and your will is constantly being surrendered, the fruit also manifests more and more and more. In the same way, this flesh is also there. The workings of the flesh, many things are there. So the fruit of the spirit or the, the, this, the fruit of the spirit, on the other side, the, the spiritual manifestation is the kingdom of God. Mm. The flesh, the spiritual manifestation is the demonic realm. So there are forces outside acting on this and this whole world system has been created by the flesh. Parallel to that on earth is supposed to be the church. Supposed to be the church. The church is Christ's body on earth. Hmm. So you have to see how it actually works. Are, are you getting what I'm trying to say? No. Like on the spiritual side, there is a demonic Satan and, and there's the kingdom of God. In me is the flesh which relates to that demonic in the spiritual, and is the spirit that relates to the kingdom of God. And on earth, relating to the flesh, is this world system which has been made, the world system which has been created, and then in, uh, and the spirit related to the church, okay, in this world system. But the issue is, that the, what we need to realize is, for any of these things to actually manifest or get stronger, it has to be fed. It has to be fed. Mm. If it is not, f like, like we saw, like, you know, in, uh, Corinthians 15, 56, law, sin, death. death. Okay. The law, sin, death. What law does it, what law does it, it evokes it. Okay. Evokes it. Okay, so when, but that's the nature of the law. The law is holy, but that is what law does. Okay, if when uh, when the law says, "Thou shall not commit adultery," okay, immediately comes into the consciousness of what 
adulteries, yes. you start searching, you start thinking. Though in the body these desires are there. Now we need to understand sex and sexual sins are not the same. Okay? Sex was created by God. All these things were created by God. Okay? If you look in the list over there, go, uh, no? Uh, if you go back to Galatians 5, 19, okay? Uh, 19. The works of the flesh, which are adultery and fornication. Now, adultery and fornication is sex misdirected outside the parameters of God. But because you look at adultery <laughs> and fornication, you cannot say sex is evil. Sex is not evil. It was created by God. And mm. when God created everything which was there in Adam and Eve, he said it is good. Mm. And he said it is very good. Yeah. Because there is nothing wrong with that. But this is where we need to understand. Okay, There are parameters for everything which God is God has put over there. This comes post-fall. So the whole idea is at different levels, okay, some people need deliverance. Some people need deliverance. Mm. The reason is the demonic have come in. Demonic has come in. So, so in the world, you know, when you have psychiatric issues, you go to psychiatrics and you go to therapy. So in the world, Tiger Woods needed therapy because he was a sex addict. Okay. But it, it still does not really, really in the long run, it really helps. Okay, it really helps. So, hmm. first question you need to ask yourself is, uh, how would I put it? If you are a youth, let us say if you are a young person who is an unmarried young person, okay, first understand what it is and how God has created it. And then, see that you don't feed it. Okay, see that you don't feed it. Because if you, f- it's, it's, it's just like the old example we used to give, remember? That, um, in the old days in a psychiatric hospital, before they released a patient who they thought was normal, they opened the tap and gave him a broom or a broom and said to sweep the water out. But this is what they would watch. If he had come to his center, he would close the tap. Hmm. Close the tap. And, uh, then if he sweeps, you know. But if he keeps the tap open and keeps on sweeping, it's a continuous process. So let's be very, very practical about it. The first thing is that stop feeding it. Yes. Stop feeding it. Mm. Okay. Because if you feed it, then the struggle will continue. It will keep on falling, rising, falling, rising, falling, rise. The first step is to stop feeding it and be very practical about it. How is it being fed? Through what medium is it being fed? Yeah. So that's the first thing you have to stop feeding it. Stop feeding it. And you will realize with anything, when you stop feeding it, it starts losing its power over it. It's very simple. It's a common thing, whether it is sex or alcohol or smoking or anything. Any addiction. When a good thing can be bad. Good thing can be bad. So the first thing is stop feeding it. Okay, stop feeding it. Second thing is that, like if it's an extreme case, the person may need deliverance. May need deliverance. Okay. But deliverance, 
you can go to somebody who does it in the sense of anointed person of God or if you are a born again believer baptized in the Holy Spirit I do believe you can deliver yourself you can deliver yourself because you have to believe in the power of the anointing the anointing sets the captives free okay that you have to you have to confess because first you have to confess to God once you have confessed the thing is that deliverance works better with another person is that once you confess what happens <coughs> the devil loses its power his power because the devil loses his power by keeping it in the dark or if you are confessing to God when you bring it out and confess it to God what happens is what God already knew but what you kept in the dark has been brought to the light so the first thing that the the legitimate access the enemy has is lost hmm. has been lost that's how that's the reason why the bible says confess okay because it's not so why should i confess god doesn't god already know god knows but that's not the point there is another realm in which we are operating where the enemy uses everything that is unconfessed so the bible says one if we confess he yes. is faithful in the blood of jesus the first thing that happens is when you confess you you have sinned let's let's not just look at that one the work of the flesh and sexual sins alone though that is the major struggle of so many people let us look at any of it any of it okay jealousy very common okay uh, cain killed uh, abel not because of sexual desire he killed him because of jealousy mm. okay so the first murder took place because of of jealousy so all this are part of it so the first thing is you stop feeding it stop feeding it you confess it okay you confess it. i mean i would rather i would say the first thing is you confess it because it's a very healthy thing to go to god and confess even if you are jealous about somebody the good thing is to that lord go to god and say lord be open with god lord i'm really jealous about this thing this person i'm jealous about this person would you help me you see when you confess to god and you say lord i know it is wrong therefore i am sorry forgive me you see the blood starts working so the first thing is not taking the effect on you off of you but first thing that happens is it cleanses you of unrighteousness yes we need to realize these are important things okay important things it cleanses you of the unrighteousness that that act or that attitude cost in your yes, spirit yes yes thank you lord okay mm. like let us say uh, there was some leftover food or something in the kitchen sink or wherever and then when you come over there what happens is that you see flies especially if in india you see flies okay now what you do is that you get rid of all that in the garbage and then when you clean the surface all of what happens the flies have nothing to come over there though the flies are all around but because because you have used clean it and used disinfectant over there they don't come and sit over there because what has happened is in the same area where it was once unclean it has become clean now so when god declares you righteous over something you know what you have given now the enemy no place to land on yes we have to understand this is how these things work that mm. is why confession is very very powerful because it's not what your confession uh, does it's what god does when you confess the blood of jesus cleanses you of all unrighteousness yes. now if you look at over there you see that word 
uncleanness. Did you see that word uncleanness? Yes, yes. Now you hear Jesus ministry, you will see casting out unclean, unclean spirits. spirits. So yes. if there is uncleanness, it automatically it attracts. attracts unclean spirits. Yes, yes, yes. Unclean spirits. Okay. If there is fornication, then you automatically attract demons of lust. You need to realize demons want demons. We are not um, very clear about the origin of demons. But one of the assumptions is that when the sons of God found the daughters of men, beautiful in Noah's case at that time, and whether they were before or after, and we are not very sure. Okay, we, we are not very sure. Or how long this happened, we are not very sure. But there was something that happened. There was a hybrid kind of a generation, it seems, which was human and demonic. Okay, human and demonic. And what happens is, one of the assumptions is this. When they all died, okay, these spirits or souls or whatever you want to call them, they are always looking for bodies to live through. Remember the man in, in the rich man in hell said, I thirst. Mm. But if can you send he's feeling it all, but you need to realize he doesn't have a body. Yes. His body is lying in rotting in earth, but he doesn't have a body. But his soul, that fact of which never dies, is experiencing all these things. There's so many things about the other realm which we do not know. So these souls or these demonic souls, what happens is they're always looking with demons as they are called in the new covenant. They are looking for bodies to enter, to live out their favorite sins when they were living. Yes. Mm. Okay, their mm. favorite sins they were living. So if you look through the word of God, every demon Jesus cast out, and the human being from whom he cast out, they were not the same. Yes. They were living differently. But the demons also were looking for appropriate people. So if there was an unclean spirit, he's looking for an unclean person. And he gets into that. If there's a spirit of lust, then he's looking for a person. So if there's a spirit of envy. Okay. So you will see King Saul is himself Opening himself. Yes, yes. You will see a tormenting spirit comes upon him. Oh. Do you see that tormenting spirit if you go to First Samuel 16. 16 and if I'm right, the, the spirit of God leaves Bless. him and uh, you will see, you know, verse 14. <clears throat> okay. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. Okay. Now, from the Lord, meaning the Lord is allowing it. The protection is gone. Not that God is sending out demonic spirits on people, which he doesn't do, but he removes the cover that people have, God's people have. Like he's anointed, Saul is anointed. But now you will see uh, what happens. See, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. That was his covering. The covering left. As soon as the covering left, you know what? The distressing spirit comes. Now he's distressed. He's tormented. He's distressed. Now the thing is that the tormenting spirit was waiting. 
okay, was waiting. It came in. And after that, if you look, different kinds of spirit seems to come in. The spirit of jealousy comes in. The spirit of anger comes. The spirit of murder comes in. All these, he seems to have a legion on it. <coughs> and you go back to Genesis, uh, sorry, Galatians 5, uh, okay. 19, okay? And you will see, okay, all this idolatry, sorcery. You see all these things, outwards of wrath, you know, he's flipping. Outbursts of wrath, he wants to kill, he tries to pin David to the wall, he wants to kill Jonathan. Outbursts, and in between he's calm, he says, yes, Lord, my son, you are righteous, I am this thing. So you see the demonic operating in and out, in and out of him. And finally he goes into sorcery. Witchcraft, yeah. Witchcraft. Yes. Okay. So the thing is that, we need to realize this can be the end of a person. The demonic in gatherings has got a legion upon him. A legion upon him. Where now, if you look at it, these demonic spirits have ultimately driven him around the graves. That's where he's living. Where all the other demonic spirits are there. He's living about the spirit of death. Yes, yes, yes. And chains can't hold him. He's cutting himself. So we cannot look at anything in its abstract alone, but we need to realize you may be struggling with something, but it is there in the flesh. Now, you need to identify what it is. And second thing, what you need to realize when you're talking about sexual sins, sex is a desire given by God. Yes. It becomes a sin when it goes outside its parameter. If mm. you're unmarried, it is called fornication. If you're married, it is called adult. Okay, That is how it is called. So the thing is that the Bible says, the simple thing is that don't feed it. Yes. <laughs> don't feed it, okay? As if you stop feeding it, what will happen is that it will lose its power. Now, you cannot tell God, take completely sexual desire away from me because he put it there. Mm. He put it there. What you have to do is that, see that you are not feeding into it. Hmm? Feeding into it. If you go to... First Corinthians chapter 7, okay? First Corinthians chapter 7. These are legit things, okay? Words uh, 8 and 9. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. So you need to realize he remain unmarried. But for that, he received a gift of celibacy. He says, it's good for you because you can really serve God without distractions because once family comes, you are responsible. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it's better to marry than to burn with passion. So it's a reality. Scripture is accepting. Scripture is accepting a reality. What happens is that, you know what? These desires will surface. So this desire has been put there by God. And its legitimate expression is, what is it? It's marriage. Legitimate expression is in marriage. Okay. Now if you go, it is under this rule, the legitimate expression is in marriage. If you come to verse uh, 1, okay, to 5. Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife. So God says, you know what? There is sexual desire, there is sexual immorality. So 
because of sexual immorality, because sexual desire, unrestrained, lack of self-control, will go to sexual immorality. What do you need to do? Let them get married. Yeah. <laughs> get married. Because there is a natural outlet for this, which is the marriage. But God said, the natural. Let them get married. Let each man have his own wife. Let each woman have her own husband. Men also have it. Women also have it. Now it says, let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. Basically, affection here means meet their sexual needs. Yes. Meet them. That needs have to be met. Let the husband meet the wife's needs, the wife meet the husband's need. And in that, in that case, he says, remember this. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but his wife does. Now, what is he trying to say, basically? You know, we need to understand what he's talking about. For the, those who are unmarried, it's a different thing. We'll come to that after this. The thing is that he says, you know what? The husband's desire may, let us say, comes on January the 14th. The woman has no desire at all at January 14th. But he says, you meet his desire. Why? The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does January 16th, the husband has no desire at all, but the wife has. God says, likewise, the husband does not have authority over because you know what? It's just not desire. The purpose it's, is that you are not tempted yes, to go into immorality. Yes, it does. Because why? But the wife does. Now go to verse 5. Yes. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer. So at that time, it does not matter. Because when you're fasting and praying, these desires are automatically shut down. Yes. Because that is the spiritual power of this thing comes. But other than that, he says, why? Don't deprive or deny each other because, and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you. Satan sees all this. Satan is not absent from your bedroom. Wow. Is it? He knows your desires. He knows what's happening. He knows the words. He knows the what you want. He knows it all. So he, he will see, okay, there is a conflict between a husband. First we are talking about husband. There's a conflict between a husband and wife. And you know, the, and they are not coming together at all. And he realizes oh, one person or the other is struggling. And you know, so he starts tempting. Wow. Mm. He starts tempting. Yeah. Okay, he starts tempting. Okay, so this is where it is put. This is where it is put. Now, to the younger people, <coughs> what they are asked to do is, the unmarried people, young ones are asked to do is, exercise self-control. There, simple thing. One, don't feed your desire. Flee. Second, flee temptation. <coughs> Shall we have it in? Second Timothy chapter Second Tim 2, verse 20 onwards, 19 onwards, actually. Mm -hmm. Second Timothy, chapter 2. Yeah. yeah, go to the next one. One second. Verse 19, 20. 22 onwards, yes, possible. Yeah. 22. Flee also youthful us. Okay, so when it comes to temptation, what, like, uh, you need to understand, uh, Joseph did not stand there and resist. No, yeah. He fled. Because you know what, he's a young man. He's a young man. So his body, what we call the hormones, automatically work. So what he's doing, he's running from there. He doesn't hang in over there. He runs and he's like, once he leaves the coat in her hands and he runs. 
Okay. So he's a unmarried young man and he's being solicited by a married woman. And you know what? And the temptation is very strong. Temptation is very strong. Okay. But he's got it very clear in his soul, in his mind. What I need to do is I need to run. I don't have to stand around and say, you know, I can exercise self-control. No, run, run for your life. Run for your life. Okay. And in the modern context, children who st struggle with pornography and all, you have to work all these things out. You have to run. Hmm. And if you actually don't need these gadgets, then get rid of it. Simple, get a simple phone which does not have 4G or any G or internet at all. Ultimately, what is the phone for? It is to make calls. And you can still make a call without that. And then we tell young ones, like, you know, those who have computers and who need to use the computer, let the computer be like that, where it is always facing the public and not private. The simple things which you do, but one of the simple things is to do that. It says, you flee that and you pursue. Pursue, yes. Okay? Pursue with whom? With those who call. So you will see another person, you will know, who is just your age, but he's not struggling with any of these things because he's so clear-minded and he fasts, he prays, and he is this thing. Be with them. Yes. Okay. So Daniel, the Shadrach, Meshach, and these four are one company. These are four young men who is pursuing righteousness with a, uh, uh, and uh, love and peace out of a pure heart. So... Look for like-minded company. We say birds of a same yeah, feather flock together. Yes, yes. So look for like-minded company. Don't, you are trying to flee and another fellow is deep in the ditch. Don't keep his company. <laughs> it is not going to work. Find somebody who will help you through. Okay? So that's how you do it. Because these are simple, simple, practical. You know, we need to realize when Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them two, two by, by two. two. He sent them two by two. No, he sent them two by two. Now, we, we, are, we are not just talking about sexual sins alone. We are talking about the attacks that, you know, like uh, you can get depressed. Mm. Huh? Elijah's case is a very clear case of depression. Because three and a half years. Half years, this man has practically been alone. The widow and the son is useless. I mean, they just gave him food to eat. These are not people to whom with you can actually relate or talk. Okay. Because, uh, you see, just because, uh, a room may be full of people does not mean there is companionship. Yes. Companionship means you need to be able to relate to them where you are able to talk to them and they are able to talk to you. There is a listening and a hearing and a giving and a taking. So God's answer to his uh, depression is Elisha. Hmm. It's Elisha. Who is better than God? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Hmm. It's Elisha. So he calls him, speaks to him, calms him down, and then says, go and anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat. And for the next 18 years, if I'm right, that's what theologians say. He's not depressed. Yeah. <laughs> He's not depressed. Okay. So God has made all this. It is God who said it is not good for man to be alone. Okay. It's not good for man to be alone. Who said that? God said that. Why did God say it? Because that's the way he made him. Okay. So these things are all this. For young people, young people, if you are young, if you are a teenager, 
find like-minded, pure, uh, who are seeking these in their life of your own same gender. Not the opposite gender. It won't work. It won't work. Of your own gender. If you're a boy, find like-minded boy. If you're a girl, stay away. If you're struggling with something, then you don't go around with that gender that causes that struggle even more. You have to leave them alone. You have to stay away. You have to stay away and stay with your own set. Okay? This is how you, how you handle these things. Then other than that, fasting and prayer really yes. works. Yeah. yeah, really works. But don't take it as a, what a formula, formula, but fasting and praying. Fasting is basically shutting down your body because the, the mother of all desires is hunger. It's hunger. Okay? It's hunger. So it's a common word called hunger. I'm hungry for food. I'm hungry for sex. I'm hungry for approval. So somebody gets and I don't get, I am envious. It's all. So the common root over there is something called <coughs> hunger. Hunger in itself is right. There's nothing wrong with it. But when hunger goes outside the parameters God has put, it is called covetousness. You know, that is the root of everything. Satan coveted for something that was illegitimate. Opposition. Okay. Now, hungry to excel, hungry to be recognized, hungry to do good. It's not in per se, not. It actually, it's a very healthy competition because you need to strive with yourself. Okay, it's good. I know that's that's not a necessarily a bad thing, which can cause you to work harder, do better, and excel. But being hungry for that is not yours, and something else is what is called covetousness. Covetousness. You are coveting for something. Either it is not yours, or it is not your time, or it is not the right way. Mm. Right way. So you need to realize, ultimately. The root of it, the root of it <coughs> is self. Is self. At the root of it, when you talk about fornication, adultery, anything, the root of it is self. You are indulging in yourself. Mm. It is the self that it is not the other. It is not the other. It is the self. Okay. It's self-gratification. That's why Jesus says, if anyone wants to follow me, let him first deny his self. And that's why I was saying in the morning today, if you don't, if you don't understand the subtlety of the gospel that is being preached, which is not a gospel, it is pointing to yourself. It is not Christ. Christ in me is the hope of my glory. So when these people come and say, the best you, the champion in you and all, who is the you? Is it self or is it Christ? It is self. It's not Christ. It's not Christ. They are not speaking to Christ. They are speaking to Christ. Yes. They are speaking to the old self and using very religious terms and biblical scriptures and everything <sighs> and uh, justify. to justify the self. But that is the first thing Jesus said you have to deny. Mm. Now the preaching is not denying the self. The preaching is actively projecting the self. People are very happy. And they say, this is God's will for me. 
So we need to realize when you are talking about sexual sins or any other sins, it is actually at the core of it is rooted at the self. At the self. And the simple thing is that you go through these things, but the simple you have to, we have to learn to deny ourselves. Ourselves. Deny ourselves. Otherwise we can't follow him. That's what I'm saying. We have to be very careful about faith of receiving material, physical benefits from God and faith for salvation are not the same. Yeah. Not the same. Faith for salvation and salvation is following after Christ. It's a disciple following after Christ. And there this self comes. And the self can manifest in different ways. There may be a man who may not be struggling, like let us say Ahitophel. He has no struggle of sexual sins at all. But he's struggling with anger. Struggling with anger and murder inside. Nobody sees it. <laughs> okay. But these are all workings of the flesh. Okay. Just because you are not struggling in one area does not mean you are not struggling in another area. <coughs> these are all projections of the self. Yes. Okay. And God, when Jesus says, follow me, he says, you cannot follow me if you don't deny yourself. Because, you know, the carnal mind is in enmity with God. You cannot ultimately serve two masters. You will have to. That's what Elijah is asking. How long will you stand between two opinions? Which will you serve? Now, why do they like Baal? Baal feeds self. Why they are upset with Yahweh? Because Yahweh won't feed self. <laughs> he will bless you, but he won't feed yourself. You won't feed yourself. And this is the issue. So what has happened in the 21st century is there is a new gospel. It is a gospel of self. But it is not a gospel. It is not a good news. It is a very bad news. <laughs> Eternity, it is a very, very bad news. Okay, so we have to look into the word and see what the word talks about it. If you are of that age... And you are struggling. God says, get married. Get married. It's as simple as that. Try, pray, ask, get married. But if you are young, flee. And if you are married, then these are the parameters. These are the parameters. Understand, the man's desire and the woman's desire are not the same, are not identical, and not be even at the same time. But God says, please remember, Satan is watching. Satan is watching. He will want you to stumble. He will want her to stumble. So please understand, when it comes to the marriage bed, you don't have the right over your body. Everything else, yes. What you want to eat, you eat. What you want to wear, you wear. But when it comes to sex, no. Because you know what? You can stumble there. So this is where men, married men and women need to understand. <clears throat> because you know what? You will stumble. You will stumble. Remember many, um, many, many weeks ago, I said about Bathsheba. Why Bathsheba stumbled? One of the assumptions why Bathsheba stumbled. She's got a very, very godly husband called Uriah. Uriah. But did you notice that he doesn't go home? No, he's, a, he's a career man. He doesn't go home. And she's a very unsatisfied woman. 
but she is also righteous. But in her mind, it all starts in the mind. She will think, you know, she sees King David over there. She sees King David. If I ever, ever were to have an affair, it'll be like with somebody like King David. That's there. That's it. Over. It's there. And the reason is because this is a man who is not interested. He's more into this thing. And then one day there is a call. David is calling you immediately dressed and went. David is calling. It was like, you need to realize Satan is watching and waiting, watching and waiting. He sees, he sees, he sees, he sees David. He's David has issues. He's David hasn't gone to war. He's sitting at home. He slept till evening. He's at night. He's, he's, uh, restless and all his desires are pumped. Because what do kings do? Why did kings have hair? So what do kings do? He's okay. And then he sees this woman and his hormone starts kicking up. But what you don't realize is we don't know what went, was going in this woman's mind. What happened? We do not know. So that is why the Bible says, come together. Except except for a season when you are fasting or not. Okay, so these are parameters God has put for the married and for the unmarried. And the way is, don't feed it. Don't feed it. If you are unmarried, don't feed it. Because if you feed anything you feed, it will be strong. Anything of the flesh, you feed it, it gets stronger. If you starve it, it gets weaker. Become. That is what Paul means in First Corinthians 9, 27 onwards, yes. 20, that, that yeah. one I word. Beat my, beat my body yes. When he's talking about, he's not talking about beating up his body or anything, yes. but that's what he primarily intends. Yes. Got it? I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. What is he saying is that? See, he says, I'm preaching and people are getting saved, but he says, I am struggling. I am struggling. I'm really, we don't know what his struggle is, or it could be anything. I'm struggling. Okay. And he says, if you, what he says, you know what? If I don't handle these struggles now, I will lose my rewards. Not that I lose my salvation. Yeah. I will lose my rewards. Mm. I lose my rewards. I don't want to lose my rewards. Okay. Like I said, a simple thing like I said, goofed up over meat. But this is consistently happening over his life. It's being fed and fed and fed and there's no self-control at all. But the devil is watching. But at a very pivotal moment in his life, he was willing to pass on the calling of God to the wrong son for meat. Oh boy. Wrong son for meat. And if you look at it, father and son are made for each other. The son is to willing to sell his birthright for a bowlful of soup and the father yes. is willing to bless yes. the son for a pot of meat. It's all the same. Mm. Pot of meat. Okay. So you need to realize this is this is how it happens. So God says exercise self-control. That is why it is good to fast once a week. Basically you are telling your belly, I will not be mastered by you. Exactly. It should be a discipline. Simple discipline. I'll fast one day a week. For what? To tell my body, I will not allow you to master me. Exactly. I will not allow you to master me. That's how it works. Yes, Pastor Vijay? Actually, uh, it's, uh, in, I think in the Gospel of the Mark, it says, wherever the carcasses are, the vultures come. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you, if you don't bury it and you don't yes. put it to death. Yeah, it will come. It'll, the it'll, carcass smells. No, unclean. These are unclean spirits. spirits. No, they come. 
they come. No? Uh, so whatever you are like, if you are, if, if you were an ex drug addict, have come out of it, leave that company. Don't stay in that company. Leave that company and don't, don't try to exercise your self control with them. Just exercise the self control without them. Yes. If you were an ex alcoholic, then do, and you are a believer now, don't go to the bar to testify. Stay away from that place. Huh. Stay away from it because you need to know where you came from. Yes. And you know what? I'm just putting guardrails over there. I'm not going to go over there because each one, you know, each one needs to know themselves. Yes. Each one needs to know. Everybody's struggles are not what one person does not struggle. Another person may be struggling, but what he does not struggle, maybe this person struggles. So each one struggle is not, there may be common things, but they are not the same. They are not the same. But the thing is that it's all in the flesh. It is all there in the flesh and don't feed it. Don't feed it. That's what he says. I discipline my body. Basically what he says, the flesh is in the body. And if the flesh needs to have an outlet, it needs the body to cooperate. Yes. So he says, you know what? What I do is that I discipline my body. I will not let the flesh use my body. I will use, I'll allow God to use my body. That's what Paul will say in Romans chapter <coughs> 6. Earlier you used the instruments, instruments of your body as instruments of unrighteousness. unrighteousness. Now take that instruments, same thing, and Beautiful. offer it as instruments of Righteousness. Righteousness. So simple thing to young people is that stay busy. Yes. <laughs> Man. Stay busy. Keep your mind occupied, occupied first. Mind occupied on things that are kosher. Yeah. Second, exercise. Body. Body. Do some good hard labor so that you go home and you sleep. Idle body doesn't work. Okay, and one of the things which I'll always tell the young people, I always keep telling young people, is this, have order in your life. Don't wake up one day at five and sit and study. Next day sleep till nine o'clock and third day wake up ten. You cannot live like that. You're not disciplining your body. You're abusing your body. You see, God created the body. God created the body. Okay, so he knows, he says he's given a day and night, he has given time for work and time for rest. He's created it all. So stick to that pattern so that your body also automatically, once the body is disciplined, at its appropriate time, it will go to sleep. Yes. It's got to sleep. Your mind will shut down. But if you have no order in your life, you know what happens? You are asking for trouble because you haven't disciplined your body. Mm-hmm. Sleeping at regular times and working, these are all disciplines of the body. Unless there is an exigency. But other than that, okay, other than that. If Jesus stayed awake, have you noticed it was always to pray? It was not for anything else. He was not sitting awake till early morning watching cricket. No, he was praying. So that was the only time. Otherwise, if you look at him, he has his discipline. Okay, because he also, the Bible says, was tempted at all, all points. points. But it not sin. His temptation was much stronger than ours. Much stronger than ours. See, if we fall, we can go back. If he falls, where does he go? <laughs> and if he falls, where do we go? That's it. You know? So you need to realize his struggle was nothing. So the Bible says, one of the way Peter will say, you know, 4-1, 
arm yourself. Fasbira for one. Fasbira for one, no? Yes, yes. Was suffered in the flesh and ceased from sin. Since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. These are very powerful, powerful theological word. arguments which we need to understand what it means. Mm. Okay? Since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. This is how faith comes in. Faith comes in. I am struggling in my flesh. And I know I am a believer. I am struggling in my flesh. And I know this is right, this is wrong. Okay? Vicariously by faith, I need to believe. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me, and Christ suffered for me in the flesh. Mm. Therefore, I, I don't, I don't have to go through that. Mm. He has already suffered for me in the flesh. Faith. Arm yourself the same with the same mind. This is where faith comes. You. That's why the Bible says. Live by faith. How do you live by faith? What does actually faith do? The problem is, people are narrowing faith into bringing the power of God. It's not that. What faith does, it brings the life of Christ. Life of Christ. Okay. Why does the law say a man cannot be punished twice for the same crime? That's the law. Right? For the same yes. crime, you cannot be in the same way. For my sins, Christ, Christ was punished. Okay. Therefore. So, my temptations also he went through. Hmm. He was tempted at all points. So he suffered for me in the flesh. So if he suffered for me in the flesh, I refuse to go through that route because he already went through that. Yes. Not just the legal consequence end of it, but also the cross. Arm yourself. You know what you're happening. You are now transferring your temptations onto Christ and receiving his discipline. Hmm. There are practical things to be done. But there is something that faith does. It takes the life of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know what you are actually doing? You are allowing by faith to Christ to live through you. Yes. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Right? The Holy Spirit wants to do. So, what is the solution to all this temptation? What is the solution? Self-control. Right? Yes. Self-control. Now you go to Galatians chapter 5 and read from verse 22 onwards. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and... Self-control. So what is self-control? It's a fruit of the Spirit. Spirit, And whose Spirit? Christ's Spirit in me. Are you getting it? As you allow the Spirit to manifest more and more, or the Spirit of Christ to live in me more and more, you know what is automatically manifesting? All His qualities are manifesting. Yes. And Jesus said that comes by abiding in me. Abiding in me. You know, we are trying, the, our major mistake all of us make all the time is that we are trying to live the Christian life in our strength. And God says, you will fail. You are supposed to be denying yourself. But what you are trying to do is use yourself to deny yourself. How is that going to happen? How is that going to happen? You are trying to use yourself to deny yourself. This is not willpower. This is spirit power. This is spirit power. And God says, learn. 
Learn to surrender to my spirit. Listen to him. Let first shut your body down. Meaning, don't do anything. Offer your body. Mm. It's an act of faith. Then, let your mind, the main controlling center, okay, the ATC of your soul, mm. your mind over there. That is the traffic controller over there. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Yes. Like I said, it all begins with the mind. Morning, no? Mm. Meditate, speak, and do. do. But you cannot meditate unless there is an input from outside. That is why, where it is very clear what is that you hear, what is that you see. Because whether it is lust, <coughs> whether it is of God, it has to come from hearing or see. Okay, these are all parts of perception. Okay, parts of perception. So, the Bible says, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. Lust also comes from hearing. It also comes from yes. Okay, if it has to be fired up, it comes from hearing or watching or see. It that's it comes. So, so God said, "Shut it down. Shut it down. You don't listen. Don't watch. Don't listen. Don't watch. Be very practical about it because everything needs an what you call an input from outside, where something is already there inside. But this thing has to come and." Okay, remember the old days when you started the engine of the old vehicles? You put that crankshaft or whatever and turned. But if there is no engine over there and you turn, nothing is going to happen. So there is an engine and there is an input from outside. God says, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you watch. Yes. Be careful what you say. Yes, and say. What you say. Yes. Be careful what you say. Mm -hmm. Because words have sexual connotation. Uh -huh. It can it can trigger off lust. Trigger off lust. Be careful what you say. Be careful about what you smell. That is why, what was that stupid ad of all that? Axe. Axe was sold. You know? And axe was sold. And all the advertisement was sitting He puts over there. Now, the fact of, of the matter is, it is true. Yes. It is true. How do animals mate? They don't mate through the year. There are certain things that is secreted and immediately all the dogs know. Because the female dog is in heat. Okay. So, God has put all these things into our senses. Okay. All these things into our senses. There is smell. There is taste. There is, okay, if there is no taste, why do uh, you, you hear about um, um, it all these sexual acts? Why is there alcohol? Why do they drink champagne and wine and also now that is taste? Okay, so you need there is taste. There is taste, there is touch, there is um, aroma. All these things. This is what the kings were always into. Every sense and the seventh, sixth sense also. Okay. And that is what happened to David. This is not that kind of a guy. This is a guy who was supposed to go to war. He didn't go to war. He didn't go to watch. And then the tumble down begins. So we need to understand how the mind of Christ Jesus. There has to be a spiritual transference that takes place by faith. Okay. And as you abide, you know what happens? The fruit of the spirit starts growing more and more. Not the works of the flesh, but the fruit of the spirit. And the fruit of the spirit is given at least love, joy, peace, everything. What locks it up? Self-control. Self-control. 
that locks it up. Self-control becomes. Okay? And you will realize that's how Jesus walked. He was tempted at all points but did not sin. Why? Self-control. Okay? Self-control. And it is the fruit of the spirit. It is not a work of the flesh. It is not a work of the self. It is the fruit of the spirit. The Holy Spirit. The spirit of Christ that is in you. God says, abide in me. Let my words abide in you and it will walk. It comes from unity. Who is one with God is one, one spirit, spirit with him. him. Yes. You need to understand there's a union that has <laughs> taken Hallelujah. place inside. There's a union that yes. has taken place inside. You're one spirit with God. Okay? That's why the, the, the illustration of marriage is used. Marriage is, they are one flesh. Yes. We are one spirit. Constant union with God. God says, constantly be united with Him. And how do you constantly be united with God? He says, my words are spirit. My words are spirit. Now let us see. Let, let me, let me put this illustration. A husband and a wife. How do they become one flesh? The sexual act. But more than they, they are one and not two. But how does that oneness come? Talking. My mind, in the mind, yes. It's in the mind. It's not talking. You know, you can actually not think about your wife or your husband for the whole day and then go in the night and talk. There's no oneness there. There's no oneness there. Yes. There's no oneness there. See, God wants to have oneness with us and He says, the thoughts that I have towards you cannot be counted. Hmm. You're engraved on the palms of my hand. He says, you're always there. You're always there. And that is how oneness comes. Oneness in a, in a relationship comes not by talking first. It's by thinking first. Thinking first. And when you don't think and you talk, it's very evident you did not think. Yes. Because there was no thought process in your words. It's very clear. You did not think. But you talked. And then comes the doing part. Then the doing becomes a chore. Becomes a chore. But if you are always thinking, let's simple thing. Jacob was always thinking about Rachel. Hmm. Whenever he got an opportunity, he talked to Rachel and not to Leah. <coughs> and therefore, the fact that he actually had to slave for 14 years without pay for her few, seemed, seemed like a few days. Why? You know where it started? It started in the thought life. Yeah. So God says, if you have been raised with Christ, think about things that are above. Yeah. And what is above? Oh, I wonder what kind of a house will... No, the person. Think on Christ. Think about the person. Oh. On the person of Christ. Okay? <laughs> and when you think about the person of Christ, all the suffering that you actually go on earth because of righteousness, say, feels like a few days. Few days. Paul will say, light like and momentary light and momentary, momentary affliction. affliction. But you need to realize <coughs> everything with God or with man is the same way. How did you like a person? Because you thought about the person. Okay, you saw so many girls. How come you are thinking about only this girl? How come the other girls doesn't bother you because you are not thinking about them? Yes. Thinking about them. Whichever one you are thinking about is your thought. And that is the one with whom you want to talk. 
stuff. That is the one for whom you want to do things. Take out for lunch or tea or buy flowers or chocolate. That is the one for whom you want to do things. So there is a thought. There is a conversation. There are acts which you want to do. Things which you want to do. God says, you know what? Let's meditate on Christ. Let us be factual, not romantic. He says, let's be factual. <laughs> Nobody has ever done anything for you like my son did. Nobody. Nobody has ever loved you the, the way. way he has loved yes. you. Be very, very factual. Okay, Very, very factual about it. The more you actually meditate on what he has done, what he is doing, and what he is preparing, you know what? You will start really, really loving that person. Okay, that's where grateful comes. We sing the song, grateful, grateful. People are not grateful. It's because they are self-oriented and not actually thinking. The children in the last days will become ungrateful. You know why? Because they are self-oriented and not thinking about the sacrifice their parents went through. So they become ungrateful. So and, and ingratitude is something God dislikes. So God says, we are th- enter his gates with thanksgiving. What does it mean? Gratitude. Why are we grateful, my God? Who are we and who are you? You could have just wiped mankind out and started all over. You don't have to do anything for us. But not only what you do, what you did and how you do it, how you humble yourself, is beyond mind-boggling. Lord, I am eternally grateful. Eternally grateful. Eternally grateful. Even if you now don't do anything, knowing where I am going, how my eternity will be. You know what? You have to really. But we are not thinking about these things. We are looking at the things God did not do for me. When I was in class 10, I asked my father for a watch and he said no. Poor man did, may not have had the money to even to pay your fee. He borrowed and paid your fees and you are sitting with that grouch in your head. He didn't. So God says, you know what? That is ingratitude. Ingratitude. So we, the self is always focusing on what it did not get. Yes. That's how ingratitude comes. So we need to realize this is how it works. Mm. When it says think on things that are above. Okay, mind. Keep think on things that are above. Look at God. Look at what He has. Look at all these things. Meditate upon these things. Don't even, that's what I'm saying. We are not meditating upon the book of this law. Okay? Meditating upon the book of the law without meditating on the person person. is not, I've hidden your word in my heart that I will not sin against you. And he went and sinned nicely. That's what David said in Psalm 119. Yeah. All the hiding of the, of the law in his heart did not work. Did it work? It did not work. Okay. But the person makes a whole lot of difference. Okay. That is what Jesus said. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Because love never fails. Because this is a simple thing. You don't want to hurt the person you love. Yes. <sighs> you don't want to hurt. And that is our major issue. Compression. That is compression. Our major <laughs> issue. This is the actual issue. You need to realize that we sin. Because we don't love God. Yeah. We don't love God enough. Mm. We sin because we don't love our neighbor enough. enough. So Jesus asked this question. 
how do you understand the law <laughs> what what is your doing dashal dashal lot dashal lot dashal lot dashal lot dashal dashal lot dashal lot dashal what is it first four love, love god next six love your neighbor yeah, love your neighbor it's as simple as that no as simple as that that's how it works yes so you have to look at all the practical things first running fleeing all those things but, but if you want a consistent walk walk with god consistent walk with your neighbor and actually look at eternity god has given the spirit i i love that words in romans 8 10 spirit is life, life. spirit yes. is life, life. Did you get it? Yes, it's Roman history. Yeah, I saw. Did you, did you read yeah. it? Okay. Now, where does your righteousness come from? From the spirit. spirit. These are things which you need to understand. If a believer sins, he doesn't lose his righteousness. Because his righteousness comes from the Holy Spirit, which is his life and which is his righteousness. He has sinned, but he doesn't become unrighteous. unrighteousness has come into his soul but he doesn't become unrighteous if that that means then it is your good works that made you righteous no your righteousness comes from the spirit the spirit is your righteousness because the spirit is your life mm. so god says you know what but you will be you will be in a mess your soul through which you have to function so confess let the blood of jesus cleanse you of all unrighteousness So you are not getting saved over and no, over and no. over again. No, you are not getting saved no. over. You are saved. Yes. And the spirit of God in you, he is your life. And that very life is the righteousness of God. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for the Jew first and for the Greek next. Why? In the gospel is what? The, the righteousness. righteousness of God from faith. By faith. Mm. Unto faith. so the spirit is life what happens is by faith what really happens is you give the spirit more and more control and in the process the spirit the life of christ increases in you and you increase in your righteousness but righteousness is always connected to life and not to acts is the life of christ so these are things which will liberate you amen otherwise you'll always live under condemnation, condemnation yeah. you'll always live under condemnation okay you should live under conviction you should not live under condemnation conviction is something which the holy spirit does he does not condemn yes he does not condemn no, he doesn't condemn and we need to understand also okay that who is listening when you hear a message who is listening is yourself or are you listening the new person is listening <laughs> who is listening okay who is listening okay when you are listening who is listening if you are trying to listen with your old self it is not going to work it's not going to work it is a new man who has to listen the new man has been brought in the image of christ jesus he has to listen he has to receive he has to tell the soul this is what is true don't let the soul argue amen bring all his arguments yes. he has to tell the soul this is what is true period amen the soul is being let us use that term is being renewed new. made new thinking is changing ultimately it all begins with thinking Yes, Pastor. Yes. yes, Pastor. I think you answered another question in the process, but maybe you want to comment uh, upon it. It's question number eight, Sami. 
God uses varied methods in the process of our sanctification. He is our father who has loved us with an everlasting love. His great concern for us primarily is not our happiness but our holiness. So he employs many differing means to that end. Would you agree? Our failure to realize that often causes us to stumble and in our sin and folly. At times even to misunderstand completely some of God's dealing with us. Yes. This, I mean, the question is the thing is that, essentially, you know, yeah. he's, he's, uh, uh, he's, in, he's interested in our happiness. He's interested in our happiness. But he wants us not to be eternally happy. happy. Yes. He does not want us to be uh, happy here and lose our happiness there. Mm. Okay? Because temporal life is very temporal. It is, it is temporal. Okay, what is 80 years is nothing compared to eternity. So the thing is that he is concerned with our holiness because God is holy. God is holy. Okay, now uh, there are many uh, what facets of God's nature that scripture says God is holy. God is light. God is love. God is uh, life. Okay. Okay. God is life. So, if you're gonna if you're gonna look at God like that, okay, yes. let us look at two things which we like. One is love, and one is life. God is life. God is love. So, ask this question: If God is life and God is love, when you enter into eternity, do you want to be close to God or as far away from God? Mr. Close. Because the closer you are to God, the better you enjoy His love and, and life. His life. Right? Yes. So God says the way to getting close to God is holiness. Mm-hmm. Without holiness. Because without can holiness, see. nobody, nobody can, see. can see me. So He says, I'm actually trying to really uh, protect your happiness so that you can be eternally happy. Yes. Eternally happy. Happy for whatever in his right hand that is joy and pleasures for evermore. Really, really. But it says it will be in various degrees. Yes. The closer you are to me, the more joy you will experience. The closer you are to me, more love you will experience. Or let us put in terms which you can. Let me try to explain. Let us say, I have five children. Five children. One is in India. Let us say one is in India. Another one, let us say, is in Sri Lanka. Another one, let us say, it's in Dubai. And one, two are in the US. Let me ask, tell you, I love them all. But which one has access to my love more than the others? India. The one in India. Yes. Right? Because it's closer to me. Absolutely. So you need to realize, distance makes a difference to experience. Okay? So what will keep the distance between us and God is holiness. That's why the Bible says, though God is light, he covers himself in darkness so that his holiness does not destroy us. And even the cherubims which are over the Lord, they cover their two wings. They have six wings, right? They cover their faces and they cover their feet and use two to fly. Yes. Even they who are pure beings cover themselves 
But we are the ones who are given access to come to God. And he says, now spiritually keep on coming. Receive mercy and grace. Receive mercy and grace. Receive mercy and grace. Receive mercy and grace. Actually for what? Primarily. Not only to meet our needs, but also for holiness. Yes. That's what we saw in the morning. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Mm. His divine power has divine given us everything. All things. Pertaining, no, or three, sorry. Three. Pertaining to life, life and godliness. Uh, he has given it. Now we have to access it and yes. use it. And you know what? As we get more and more and more and more and sanctified first, not physically, spiritually, we start seeing, which means understanding God better. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall so see. What does see actually mean? See actually means to understand. Otherwise you are not seeing. Yes. You are not seeing. If I have never seen something before, even if I look at it, I don't understand what it is. Man, I don't understand at all. Okay, I'm telling you something, you know. If somebody were to come from another time zone, <laughs> I have experienced people who have come from different times. <laughs> okay, don't ask me how it is. And when they saw this, they asked me, what is this? <laughs> I said, this is a phone. No, this can't be a phone. A phone is like this. I said, no, this is a phone. They said, no, a phone is not like this. I said, this is a phone. If you want, I can show it to you. And I made a call. And then... The jaw dropped. You know what? They saw. But they didn't understand. They didn't understand. They saw. But they didn't understand. So when you talk about seeing, it actually means to understand. Holiness causes us to understand God better and better and better. We start to see, start to understand. So you will realize in that first generation that came out, the holiest man or the purest man was Moses. Mm. Moses. Okay. And if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 32, if I'm right, yes. verse 1 onwards. If you Super. look at what happened, okay, and what he sees is completely different. Give ear, O heavens, I will speak, O hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distills as the dew, as raindrops on the tender herb and as showers on the grass. For I proclaim, proclaim the name of the Lord. Ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of truth, without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Verse 4. It's an incredible description about the character of God. How did he know this? Mm. How did he know this? Let me tell you. Moses, tell me your experiences. So you're only 120 years old, right? You left Egypt. Lived 40 years in somebody's house in the wilderness. Then another 40 years taking these people in the wilderness. You actually, (laughs) earthly ways asking, you gained nothing. Yet you are able to see this is who God is. What caused it? To see God, understand God this way. It's the purity of his heart. He's able to understand God. You know what? All his ways towards me is actually right. What he did is right. He's just. Mm. So this is where holiness comes. With holiness, Mm -hmm. you will able to see See God. God. See God. 
Okay, able to see God. Uh, that's that's the whole. But people who are not interested in a relationship with God and only want to escape the horrors of hell, God says, "If you believe in my son, I will take him." God, you see, a relationship is two way. A relationship is always two way. You cannot push a relationship on somebody else who is not interested. Even in a marriage, you cannot do anything about it. Yes. A relationship has to be two way. It takes two hands to. To clap. It takes two to tango. So you want relationship with God. God wants a relationship with us. He's made it very clear. <laughs> but the question is, what if you don't want a relationship with God? God says, I leave you alone. I leave you alone. But if you come, I will come. But when I come near, I will tell you, this is who I am. So I will tell you, clean yourself, clean yourself, wail, moan. But I will convict you, cry, this thing and all. After that, I will hold you close. <laughs> if you have doubts, read. James chapter 4, verse 8 onwards. Yes. He's the one who says, draw near to me. Mm. Right? He says, come. But I will tell you who I am. Draw near to me. He will draw near to you. But I will tell you who I am. Mm. Clean your hands. You sit us. Now, when our mothers used to say, when we came from the football field, we were not angry. Wash your hands and feet and then get inside. Now, whose need was that? We didn't want to wash our hands and feet. We just wanted to grab what was there on the table. Said, wash your hands, wash your feet, and then get inside. And don't bring the puddle in either. Why did she say that? Because she is clean and you are not. Mm-hmm. But he says, if you want a fellowship with me, you better wash and come. That's exactly what God is saying. Draw near to me. I will draw near to you. But when you draw to near to me, understand the nature of your works. Hands to present your work, cleanse your hands, understand the nature of your heart. Mm. Okay, purify your hearts. Why? Because you are double-minded. <laughs> double-minded. Okay, I want a single. Okay, and then lament and mourn mm, and weep. weep. <laughs> hmm? Lament and mourn and weep. Mm. No, have you noticed, children, when they are very small and they are very attached to you, if you don't talk to them, they cry. Oh. They cry. They cry. You don't talk to them. Daddy is not, daddy is angry with you. They will look at you and then they will come and they will do. What happened? Now, one who is not in love with God is not going to lament and mourn and it's got to do with their relationship. You are not crying over your sin. You're crying over your breakdown in your relationship. Sin has been handled. That is not the issue. But the relationship has not been mended. This is what people are not understanding. David is not crying over his sin. He's crying over, Lord, you are not speaking to me. Don't take away the joy. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. What is the joy of your salvation? The joy that comes from my fellowship. That is the joy. He says, fellowship is broken down of my father. If you wanted sacrifices, I would have given you these many. But I know what you like, a broken and a contrite spirit. The entire psalm is about relationship. And we need to realize, we can preach this. But this is not going to happen to most people because they don't have a relationship with God. Yes. So say, weep over your sin, lament over your sin. They're not going to weep. They're not going to weep. Mm. Because they don't have a relationship. When they have a relationship, they will. They will. Why is he turning around and this thing unable to sleep and all? Because this is a man who had heard from God all the time. God is not speaking. God is not speaking. And he's upset. 
Okay, so we need to realize that is how relationships work. This is how it works. Lament, mourn, weep, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. And then verse 10, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will, he will lift you up. So if he lifts you up, where do you go? Where is he? Yes, exactly. You, he will lift you up. He will draw you closer to him. That's what it means. He will lift you up. Okay? Because you seriously be so far away. I am, he says, don't worry. You do what I tell you to do. I will lift you up. Relationship is restored. It is restored. Okay? So we need to understand. This is how it works. It's all based on a religion. That's why Jesus realizes. See, the final act of God with redemption is the cross. cross that's and then Jesus says, if you don't love me, you won't keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. But if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's how it is. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Yes, Pastor. Pastor, there's, uh, I think, another question which is similar. Uh, I think you should comment on that as well. Similar lines. Question number six. Okay, it says, our Lord in the Beatitudes makes a complete statement and it must be taken as such. Blessed are they that mourn. And he says, for they shall be comforted. The man who mourns is really happy, says Christ. That is a paradox. In what respect is he happy in? Same. same that's what I'm saying. Same. So you should the relationship, then. relationship is restored. Yes. Yeah. Relationship. I said, that's why Jesus said in so many ways you should become like a child to enter into the kingdom <laughs> of God. Because a child, even though we may say its emotions are, it's all emotion, but they are very pure. They are very, very pure. Okay? And their conscience is very, very sensitive. And they are only related to the parents. And their love for their parents are very strong. And uh, yeah, everybody is looking the other side. Okay, <laughs> I'm not used to speaking to a camera. I'm used to speaking to humans. Okay, <laughs> even after three years, you need to realize one of the first things. One of the first things is that you should be very related to your children, especially when they are small. Remember what in Deuteronomy six, what God tells the fathers when you're sitting down, when you're walking. He says, "Keep talking." Relationships, the proof of relationship is conversation. Yeah. Keep talking, keep talking. Spend time with them. Keep talking. I'll tell you an example of one of my kids, okay? He was four years old. Had he just started nursery or some LKG or something. One day he came and I was just unpacking his little bag. And there was one shiny little thing. Who says this? Where did he get it from? He said, Jade gave it to me. There was a kid in his hand. I knew the little one. Jed gave it to you. Jed gave it to me. Didn't say anything. <laughs> I know shiny things all children like and they don't usually give it to each other. I said, Jed gave it to you. Jed, I sure Jed gave it to you. <laughs> gave it to you. He went to sleep. Had dinner, everything. We prayed, everything. Went to sleep. Around 12, 1 o'clock in the night, I was still reading. He woke up. And I looked at him. What happened? <laughs> Jed didn't give it to me. I said, yeah. <laughs> I took it up from him. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Now you need to realize there are two things over here. One, the conscience is very tender. Tender, yes. Second, there's a very strong relationship. Yes. Very, very strong relationship. Okay. Very, very strong relationship. Okay. So if the Holy Spirit has to convict you, 
they can't convict you. There has to be a very strong relationship. Yeah. <laughs> very strong relationship. If there is no relationship, there is no conviction. Yeah. Okay. Conviction, even if there is a conviction, you don't bother about it. <laughs> so there's no relation. It's not that he doesn't convict, it doesn't bother you. So finally he has to use an iron rod and whack him. <laughs> so what happened is this, I'm trying to bring some conviction into your life. <laughs> Okay. So, when he's talking about morning, okay, of morning, okay, when you of morning. Now, you, you said, blessed are those, those who mourn, mourn, for they shall be comforted. For they shall be comforted. Comforted. Second, turn with me to second Samuel. Okay. Twelve. Second Samuel and chapter twelve. Yes. <laughs> Go to Second Samuel chapter 12 and verse 24. David comforted Bethsheba, his wife, because she's lost her baby. Wow. He comforted his wife, went into her, lay with her, so she bore a son. And he called his name? Solomon. Solomon. Has Solomon done anything? No. But the Lord loved him. What did he do? Change. First time that is happening in the history of Israel that a prophet is being sent to name mm. a child of a king. Bah. You know what he's doing? He's comforting David. Mm. Blessed are those who mourn. You will be comforted. I know I took your one son. That he's with me. Mm. This son of the same couple will complete you. I love you. <laughs> yes. You want to call him? You can call him Solomon. But, but I have another name for Jadida. him. Jadida. This is how God is comforted. David comforted Vetsiba. God comforted David. You know why? Because God loved David. David loved God. Yeah. And when he mourned, God said, you know what? I'll comfort you. Yes. I will comfort you. Okay, so you need to realize, because you look at the previous, you think he's mourning, he's on his face for seven days for his child. Yes. Because it's not an ordinary child dying of sickness. You know you're personally yes, responsible, responsible for the for death of this child. So there is sorrow, guilt, everything mingled over there. And God comforts him. God comforts him. So we need to realize, this is how it works. No? Actually, actually <coughs> I'm just reminded of uh, the fact that David knows the cause as to why his son is sick. And if you look at the time of Ahab, the guy who builds the walls of Jericho, he loses his first son, and then he loses his last son, and he doesn't know the cause Cause of the death of his son. Even if he knows, he he, he doesn't care. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It's it's like, it's totally seared in his his, his conscience. And you know, it's so prevalent in our society. We are not talking about sacrificing children in pagan altars. But today, actually, parents sacrifice their own children for their own careers wow. and their own self. It's remarkable. Oof. Which is happening all the time. And this is what we keep on telling in the wow. church. You know what? Your children are all small. Finish home. Go home. Go home. Go home. Go home. Because there is a season only when you can influence them. Yes. After that, yeah. you cannot influence them. Oh, boy. And influence is not the law. It is love. Yep, yep. The law is not going to influence because they hear the law at home, they hear the law at school, they hear the law at the street. Law is not going to move them. Now they are only looking at how to covertly break the law. <laughs> the carnal mind is always. When you break the law, there is no conviction. Sure. There's only fear, yeah. and as long as the law doesn't see, the fear is also gone. But when you love, when you break it, there is always conviction. 
Yep. That's where we need to realize what that guy did at a pagan level. And after considering, after that, a lot of people have done it, sacrificing children or their own children for success. This thing, in very simple ways, we still do, do it. it. We still do it, and we have to be very, very careful about it because you know what, our children need us, especially when they are small. When they are small, they need us. So you cannot outsource your children. Cannot outsource your children. One of the parents has to be around the children. The first five, six, seven, eight years, nine, ten years of their life, you know, you are the voice that speaks to them. They see you, they imitate you, they watch you. And if you look at the children, have you noticed all the children? You, if, if you look at Josh, he will immediately go to the camera. Yeah. Right? Because he's imitating his father. He identifies his father with the camera. If you look at Rihan, he will go like this because he's identifying <laughs> his father with the guitar. Which is, in a way, it is not a bad thing. But your father is not a camera. Your father is not a camera. And your father is not a guitar. Your father is much more. That's only one small part of your mm. thing. That's, that is your father's passion. That's not your father's character. Yeah. It's not your father's character. Mm. Okay, so when God is telling the fathers, he's basically saying, you know what is happening? There is a transference of my character to you because you are thinking, meditating, talking about me. And then there is a transference of your character into them. This is the faith that was in Timothy's grandmother to mother to Timothy. Yes. That is how faith is transmitted. Yes, yes. It is transmitted because it is heard. Mm -hmm. It is seen. It is heard and it is seen and it's passed down and it's very powerful. It's very, it's the most powerful. In creation, they use, I mean, creativity or art, they use a very interesting phraseology. They say, every artist starts with imitation before it becomes a creation. (laughs) You start imitating first and then ultimately it really becomes becomes a part of you. Even he has to point something. Today's all these abstract paintings is because there is nothing in their mind. Mind itself is abstract. <laughs> Therefore, what I express is completely What I express is abstract. Mind itself. And people pay a hand and effort to buy it. I don't know. They are also abstract. Praise God. Okay, there's one question from a young person which came into the young kid, a 15-year-old kid from Middle East asked a question. What What, what is this about? Uh, meaning, no meaning in life. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just about to go to that. Yes. Was, this is question number nine. I think yes, you should look at With that, we can stop. No? What is the purpose of life? Christ did not give us the answer. Is life worth living? Dust thou art, and unto dust thou wilt return. Please comment. Yeah. This part, that's about it. That's, part, is, that's all? That's it. Question okay, number nine. Okay. Uh, you need to understand which is true after the fall. After the fall. You know, before the fall, it was not like that. God was life. <laughs> after the fall, this is what happens. The mm. temporal nature of man's life. Okay. So we need to realize what it, what is life? God told Israel, I am your life. I'm your life. The purpose of life is to enjoy God. 
because God is life. Yes. See, when all the young people saying, is saying, it's at, macha, come, let us enjoy, 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 enjoy. And at the end of it all, what happens? Empty. There is emptiness. Yes. There is empty. There is a vacuum. Why is that none of these things can really satisfy? Nothing that you do in this world does not bring you uh, lasting lasting joy. Not joy. It brings happiness. Well, Nothing lasting. is lasting. Why? Everything is short. Whatever it is, it is short of. Because if God is not in it, it is short of. Yes. Huh. God is not in it. It is short. But if God is in it, it becomes, there is always joy in it. Okay. Now, please understand the nature of joy. Is that's only, that's, that's how you will learn to understand how to have joy and how to understand life. Life and joy goes together. Okay. God's life and okay. In the parable of the lost coins, the lost sheep and the lost son. Yes. Okay. Lost son. The sheep is found. There is great joy. Coin is found. There is great joy. The sun, sun is, is found. There is great, great joy. joy. Now the simple question is, how long is that joy going to last? Temporary. Oh, no, you need to, that is the way it is. Because now this was lost. I found. Oh, I'm so happy. I had lost this. I have found it. Now, that day, I, you know, I was searching for this. I was searching for I got it. This is the joy of finding something that was lost. Now the nature of the joy changes. And you have to understand it. Now the nature of the joy is having it. This is where people forget. You have a joy of having a child. You have a joy of getting a bride. You have a joy of getting it. And you're excited. And after that, you forget the joy of having it. That's life. Hmm. That's life. That's how we need to understand. You cannot compare the first joy to the... That was lost. You found it. That joy celebration is different. Now you are celebrating not something that was lost and found. You are celebrating something that you have. The fact that you have it. I was lost. I was found. Hallelujah, God. Now what are you celebrating? Christ in me. I am in Christ. I was unmarried. Now I am. I got married. This is the best day of my life. You walk down the island, all okay. It's a great day of great joy. And after that, what is your joy? You are forgetting to enjoy what you have. Oh. Mm. Yes. You waited for so many years, and you had a baby, and you are so happy. You call a big celebration, have a party, everything. You see, I have a baby. I'm celebrating. A baby. I had a baby, and after that, you are not enjoying what you have. This is where we miss out on life. Yes. Miss out on life. Well, God is enjoying his children all the time. Amen. That's why he says the thoughts that I have towards you <laughs> cannot be counted. You are always Amen. on the palms of my... He's enjoying us every moment of the time. And he says, I want you to enjoy. You were lost. You are found. Now that you are found, I enjoy you. I enjoy you. Yes. If we understand this simple, so what is the purpose of life? Actually, the purpose of life is to enjoy God. Yeah. Enjoy God as God enjoys us. <laughs> That's the purpose of God. So how do you find that? Mm-hmm. How do you find that? The Bible says, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs> Can you bring God into anything that you do? And he says, when you do that, you know what happens? 
joy comes in. Whatever, first take all the other people out of the equation. Then only bring the others. Don't bring your wife there if you are a man. Don't bring your husband there if you are a woman. Don't bring your children there. Don't bring your, bring Christ there. Because the problem is, he's eternal, he never changes. And he has loved us with an everlasting love. So there is something constant about it. With your spouse, with your children, there is nothing that is constant. Yes. It can be good for a season, it can be <laughs> terrible for a season. But if you are doing it unto the Lord, you know what? You can enjoy what you have. Mm. So you are now not looking to satisfaction horizontally alone. You always have a vertical satisfaction that comes. So your boss may be angry, but you worked for the Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. You worked for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it has to be a reality because mm-hmm. God is ever-present. It's a reality. You're working for the Lord. And how do you work for the Lord? The simple question is, how do you work for the Lord? While you're working, talk to Him. Mm-hmm. Sing to Him. Talk to Him. Sing to Him. Because that's how, no? that's how, that is how relationship is always in conversation, right? And thoughts. Okay, so even in your working, you talk to him. You have to learn to converse with God. God, Dad, you know what? I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this unto you. Look, and he just asks questions like, no, Dad, are you happy? <laughs> did you like the way I did it? See, if, the, the whole quest, the whole issue is that people don't expect to hear, so they don't talk. <laughs> How do you know God doesn't speak? My simple question, have you talked to him? Did you try talking to him? Oh, God doesn't speak. Who told you? Did you speak to him? No. Then how do you expect him to speak back? Mm. Try talking to him. He's a real person. Mm. It's a relationship. And you'll suddenly realize, you know what? Life has purpose. It has meaning. It is all around God. It's around God. That's what he says. I said to you, I said before you, life and death, blessing and curses, choose life. And then one word, so two words later, he comes and says, God is your life. So in very subtle way, he says, you know what? Choose me. You know? He doesn't want to push us, but he's saying, you know, choose me. Choose me. <laughs> I'm your life. The gentle, gentle, very gently. Choose me. I am your life. Now we can choose all these things, and not choose God, the person. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. No, God showed His ways to Moses and His acts, and His acts to children of Israel. Children of Israel. They didn't choose God. Moses chose God. Okay, God was upset with him, not upset because God's righteousness is there. He was the leader. He misrepresented God's image. So God says, I have to judge you on this. You will not enter into the promised land. But do you know that the relationship was never broken? Yes. Even to his last moment, God, how, see how that book ends. Look at the book of Deuteronomy, how it ends. It's a powerful, powerful testimony of a relationship. Okay, two meek men walking. <laughs> 34, Deuteronomy 34. Last one to five. One to five, one to five. 34, one to five. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is across from Jericho. Do you see that? Who went? Moses. The people only see Moses going. And the Lord. They don't see the Lord. The Lord is going with him. (laughs) Two people are walking up the mountain. 
And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead as far as Dan and Naphtali, the land of Ephraim, Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea. To the south, the plain of the west. He said, I only said you cannot enter. I did not say you cannot see. <laughs> so you know what? Your time is up. Before I take you, I want you to see the whole land. These people whom you brought, they will inherit. I want to show you the whole land. The plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as Zohar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to give Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants and have caused you to see it with your eyes. But you shall not cross over. Okay. So the Moses of the servant of the Lord died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of, of the, the Lord. Lord. And he buried him in the God buried God buried him in the valley of the land of Moab, opposite Bethpura, but no, no one knows Moses his grave to, to this day. day. Do you know what is happening to the people down? It's like Elijah. Moses went, he never came back. Came back. back. That's it. He's taken. He never came back. And he was not. <laughs> he died. God buried him. Nobody knows. This is the, the this is the ultimate relationship with the Old Testament. Super. <laughs> Man, two friends. Now you have to focus on these things to understand relationship with God. Lord, if you did this with the Old Testament people, and your word says the least in the kingdom of God is greater than those in the in the old covenant. If this is what it is, then Lord, you know what? See, if you don't hear then you cannot decide. You never decide something which you haven't heard. Yes. <laughs> you haven't heard or seen. So you see these pictures of people in the Bible. You see these relationships of God with the people. You know, I said God loved people, but very few people loved God. God yes. That's why he talks about David. That was a man after, after my, my own heart. God is not saying I'm after his heart because he's after everybody's heart. Yes. But yes. he said this was a man after my own heart. So when you see these things, you know what? Why I'm telling you this is that in the last days, the Bible says sin will abound. Yes. So the possibility of believers, even saints of falling will only increase. How will you be restored? A relationship, yes. A relationship matters. A relationship matters. What will bring you back? It's not just God's love for you. It's your, it's love, your love for God. God. Hallelujah. It's your love for Hallelujah. God. So God says, love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. God. So what kind of a narcissist to God is? No, no, it's no, for, no, it's for you. It's for you. I love you anyway, but it's for your good. You will see that, no? Because if you look at the, the saints of the Old Testament, David was one of the worst sinners. One of the worst sinners was David. Because your sin is according to your knowledge of God. Okay, one of the worst terrible wow. sinners. But that man was always restored. Mm. You tell me from one sin, God did not raise him up. Restore it. It didn't matter what he did. All he had to do is that he has sin. Take it away. That's it. <laughs> because he knew it may be one phrase with five words. He knew this was from the heart. That's it. Because he loved God. That was his relationship. That's why we try to focus on a relationship. Amen. We have to think. God is not a distant creature. Far. He is a person. He is a person whom you can actually please. 
says without faith it's impossible to please God. That means you can please God. You can please Him. You can love Him. You can please Him. You can bring Him joy. Every time, see when the prodigal son came back, there was great joy. So when you repent from your sin, there is great, your father is very happy. He's not out there to discipline you. He's very happy. So there are so many, you have to focus on a relationship. You know what? Oh, I sinned. If I go back, I wonder what God will say. You know what? He will be excited. He already knew. He says, you know what? My son came back. My daughter came back. He's very happy. So you look through so many ways of trying to please the other person. That's what the Bible says in Corinthians 7 about um, being unmarried to please God. But it says if a man marries, he has to please please his his wife. wife. And the wife has to please the husband. Mm. Okay. Now, if uh, Jasand were to make Mallu fish curry, she's not going to please Vijay. <laughs> but if she makes sambar, she'll be very pleased. Yes. Because it's a, that is what it says. Pleasing needs understanding. Yes. What is that he likes? Mm. He likes. So often we are doing a lot of things for God, which we like. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what the word says. word says, without faith... <laughs> But where does faith come from? Hearing. Hearing from what? God. So you understand what pleases God. And when you do that, it pleases God because you are now living with understanding of what pleases God. It may not necessarily please me. But, see, this is, these are fundamental things which God says, okay? It's more blessed to give than to receive. For whom? You know what? There is more joy in giving, giving. than in receiving. Amen. This is a law which God has put in. It's more joy in giving Amen. than in receiving. So God says, you know what? When you please me, actually, you know what? Your joy will be lasting. Yes. Joy will be lasting. Okay? Joy will be lasting. Can you ask any father sitting over there, the gifts you gave to your children? And they have forgotten and it is all broken. It has gone to the garbage bin. But you can still remember if it was a special occasion. When you go, gave it to them. When they tore it and they opened the excitement on the face. So who is still carrying the joy? It's you who carrying the joy. Carrying the joy. Now you all have bunk beds. I still remember when I got that bunk bed. It was almost 20 years old. No? I just think I told them to come and set up the whole room everything had set it all up and I said now come close your eyes and then brought them and I said open your eyes they ran how many years ago it happened (laughs) you asked them they won't remember you asked me I still remember banquet I still remember Okay, so it was not the thing. It was their joy. and I actually had the more joy of giving it to them than they had the joy of receiving because five minutes later, they were fighting. I want the upper bunk. No, you take the upper bunk. You take the lower bunk. They are fighting over it. No, now they are fighting. But the joy of it, you still carry with you. That's why God said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Than to receive. Yes. More blessed than to give than to receive. So you need to realize there is purpose in life. You want to discover the purpose of life, be a giver. Wow. If you are a taker, you will never understand the purpose of life. Amen. Be a giver. Anywhere, any day, wherever you are, whatever you are, always look around and see, is there something I can give here? Because the Son of Man did not come to be served to take. He came to serve, to give. 
Hallelujah. For God so loved, loved the world that he gave. gave. Always look at you. What can I give? Yes. What can I give? Thank you, Lord. Go home. See, what can I give? Mm. Get out of the home. What can I give? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, That's what I said. Every time a dog chases me, I stop and ask them, do you what? want to drive? <laughs> <laughs> you want it? Try it. I mean, honestly, they stop and they look at me. And now they are all friends. All the dogs friends because I stopped and looked at them and said, do you want to drive? Now they wag their tail when they came. You don't, they don't bark at me. Why? <laughs> if you want, I'll give you my scooter. <laughs> You need to realize that is how it works. Hmm. These are spiritual laws of God. How God loves. How does God love? He loves by giving. Giving. He's a giver from the beginning. So he was not satisfied. They were complete in terms of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They said, you know what? Let's create. That's it. <laughs> Let's keep on giving. Let's giving. keep on giving. Let's go on giving. And then they said, oh, man was but man will fall. Okay, we will go and Let's we will give, give ourselves and redeem them and keep on giving. Yeah, I will give the Holy Spirit. That we will give. We'll give it. <laughs> Nobody is satisfied. The Father gave the Son. The Son when yeah, he gave, he gave gifts, and then he gave the Holy Spirit as the gift. The Holy Spirit is not satisfied. He wants to give gifts of his own. Everybody is competing with each other in giving. Hallelujah. And we are competing in taking. <laughs> God says, you know what? Would you please give? Then you will know what purpose of life is. There is a lot of joy and purpose. Purpose, okay? That's what have you see. Even to see, even to really see, your heart has to come into its correct position. If you are seeing through your heart from a perspective of giving, you will be able to see better. Bah. Mm. Will be able to see man. But if you're always looking from a perspective of taking, taking. you will not see there's nothing here. Nothing. Because you're looking in terms of taking. Mm. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. As if you're going shopping. Mm. I don't like this. But if you've gone there to give, then suddenly you will realize, you know what? You are able to see. Part of life. Yes. You become part of God's life. life. That's how it, that's how mm. it begins. That's how these things have to change. Our perspective of life has to change. That is the renewing of the mind. So when you read through the Bibles and you come to specifically about Jesus and or how God did through people or godly people did, you will say, okay, this is a facet of God's life. This is a facet of God's life. Why is that people who never read the Bible have read it only once? How come everybody knows who have read the Bible even once that one line? It was like a few days for Jacob because of his great love for Rachel. How do they know that? Because there's something in them that was yearning. And they realized, you know what? This man actually, seven plus seven, 14 years work for a terrible father-in-law, for a woman he loved. And then you read later, I did not sleep because of the dew. I did not sleep because of the day and night sleepless. I was working for you. But on the other side it is written, this is what you were. This is how you dealt with me. But just a few days because what? when I was slaving for this man who will not give me a salary, my mind was not on Laban. My mind was on Rachel. My mind was on Rachel. Therefore, that. I'll tell you all men who go to work, if you want to enjoy your work, when you go to work, think, evening I'm going home. I'm going home. That's how I worked all my life. Going home. It's a place called home. You suddenly you realize that work is not laborious. It is not a burden. It is nothing. You know what? I'm going home. 
first job I had, the first job I had in Hyderabad, nobody went home on time. Because mm-hmm. I used to sit here, chairman of the company sat there, director sat there, at 5 o'clock I finished my work, and I put my listing on the side. Shh, nobody goes. I said, why? No, chairman is there. I said, but we finished our work. No, nobody goes. They wait for one of the big shots to get up. I said, okay, maybe that is an unacceptable first day I sat. Second day I said, third day I said, I am going home. I finished my work at five. I packed the walk and walked straight. Nobody said anything. I said, I'm going home. Fourth day, two people walked along with me. <laughs> I became like a Daniel. And Shadrach, Abednego, and Suddenly everybody realized they had a home. You need to realize the simple thing is that where are you going? You're going home. Okay, and you realize, you know what? So even in the urgency in which you're working, you're looking, you know what? I don't want to waste my time in my office. I want to finish my work, do a good day job, finish it, and I want to go home. I want to go home. Okay, these are the things. So how does... How does the moment, the terrible afflictions Paul went, go through as momentary afflictions? What is he thinking of? Home. home. Hmm. There's a place called home. And he's struggling because he has only two loves in his life. God and his people. He said, you know what? I'm caught between these two loves. It is better for me to go. It's better for you to stay. <laughs> and then finally, when it is time for him to go, and there is no force pulling him down here because everybody has abandoned him, he says, my departure is near. Hallelujah. Adornment has come on the speaker. No? Spiritual speaker. Your departure is near. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going home. But you realize, you know what? That's what death is. Going home. But people are very scared of death, very depressed with death because... On the other side, there's no relationship. <laughs> no relationship. You have to bring relationship into everything. Then you will understand what is the purpose. When you go to office, you need to realize, why am I working? Who am I working for? One, I'm working unto God. Two, I'm working for my family. Mm. family. I will do my best. I have two people in my life, two set of people. One is God, one is my family. And I will give my best over here because that's the reason I work. God has been worked. Jesus is a father and I have been at work from the beginning till now. Who are they working for? <laughs> He's working for us. Because he loves us. He's working for us. So we need to realize God is not working in random. Oh, just work because I am a worker. He says, no, I'm working for somebody. Yes. I'm working for somebody. Okay. Jesus is working unto his father and for his church. You don't bring relationship into your work will be very boring. Otherwise, you are finding your excitement in your work. It is yourself. And that self-life, God denies. He will not appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Now you are working for yourself. You are getting pleasure from your work for yourself. You are not working unto God. No, are you working for your family. And God will not accept that. He will not accept that. Mm-hmm. You have to be very, very careful because you know what? Because then now your work is your hobby. Mm-hmm. You're getting your pleasure. You should get pleasure out of your work. But that is not the primary purpose. So the question is, if you don't get pleasure, what do you do? You switch jobs. Mm-hmm. So now you are a slave of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Your pleasure from your work is not primary. It should be secondary. Primary is that I'm working unto God and I'm working unto my, for my home. And then out of it, I will get pleasure. But whether I get pleasure or not, my work will not cease. 
because the purpose is bigger than pleasure. <coughs> you bring that concept into everything, you will realize you will look at life differently. Look differently. Okay. Because pleasure, because you know a lot of things, you know, bike drivers are there who likes, okay. Okay. Now he will drive fast, not to reach home because he gets a thrill in the speed. Now he shortened his speed anyway, okay. After much prayer, okay. Hope, hopefully, okay. Okay. You need to realize pleasure should be an add-on. That is not the purpose. Okay. Now as we close, English has, uh, English uses it in a very nice way, which means understand, okay? When a husband and a wife come together, it is an act of sex. There is pleasure in it. But that's not what you say in English. You say, let's make love. Mm. It's an act of love. Pleasure may be there, may not be there. Mm. You may feel like it or feel of it is an act of love because love gives. That's what Paul was trying to say in 1 Corinthians 7. You may not feel like it, but it's an act of love. Mm. Love gives. The other person needs. You don't, but love gives. So you need really, even down to the basic things, to everything, God brings these things in. Things in. Everything. And you will realize, you know, suddenly there is purpose in life. But if it is self-oriented, it is self-oriented, then it is very destructive. Indeed. It's Solomon. very, very destructive. Mm. That is Solomon. Mm. After after some time, okay, you realize, you know what, there is nothing eternal in it. Mm. There is nothing eternal. It's temporal. And the problem with everything temporal, it has nothing that is lasting. He said it is empty, vanity, vanity, meaningless, 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 meaningless. The problem is, how did it become meaningless? You didn't bring God into it. You didn't bring, you didn't bring relationships into it. It was all about you. Therefore, it became ultimately empty. So he does not even have something good to say at the end. He says, fear God. And it's like a depressed, discouraged man. Okay. He's not able to speak like his father. The Derek Prince calls him a spirit-inspired backslider. <laughs> But look at his father's last words. Look at what his father tells his son. Son, here are the plans of that. I received it in the spirit. I know you are young. And you know, so I did the best I can do. I gathered everything. What did that man have to do? He didn't have to do anything. The father got the wrote all the plans. The father got all the stuff to building. All he had to do was build, get exactly. a few architect and says, here is the plan, here is the material, build it. And the credit goes to Solomon. Hmm. What did he do? Nothing. Hmm. But why did all that happen? Because it God. was the father yeah. who loved God and yeah. wanted to build the temple, not the son. Hmm. Solomon's heart was been building his palace. palace yes. Thirteen the years. The son's heart was in building the palace, the temple. The, sorry, the father's, father's heart son. was in building. So he did. It was an act of love. Hmm. So God will come down and says, you know what? In the last days, I will rebuild the when I rebuild, okay, there is Moses' tabernacle there, and there is uh, Solomon's temple there. No. I remember the first tent he pitched for me in his excitement when he brought, he danced on this thing, then he pitched a tent and put the ark over there. He forgot about sacrifice and everything. He just worshipped, you know what? 
I want to build that tab- that tabernacle again. Broken down tabernacle. Broken down tabernacle. Oh, because the other one was all connected with rituals and right. This was all connected with pomp and glory. But this mm. was love. This was a relationship. Yes. This was love. This was a relationship. He mm. says, you know, you go back to the book of Acts and see what the apostles get a revelation. I shall rebuild the tents, the tabernacle of David. So God is not looking at how much money you spend or how many sacrifices. He's looking, is there love? Yes. And he says, in this man's little tent, there was love. That is what I'm going to And do you know in David's tent, where the ark was kept, there were no sacrifices? The fact sacrifices was no, happening either at Shiloh or, or Gibeah. It was not happening there. But the ark is kept here. The simple thing is the ark is kept in the tent. How can you approach without sacrifices? I mean, isn't this guy crazy? Whole set of laws are there, labor and this thing and that thing and then change of garments for priests to go. Here is a tent with the Hakani. This man is simply worshipping and nobody is doing anything. God is just enjoying it. He goes and eats the bread which was for the priest. God is no problem. You eat the bread, you stand before the Ark. I have no issues with you because we have a relationship. You need to realize David is a very special character in the Bible. He is the one who went to the ark and worshipped there. He is the one who ate from the bread. He is not allowed to do any of these things. But he is a real new covenant priesthood. He is a new covenant priesthood offering God the sacrifice of praise. And he is not ashamed at all. Amen. We get this picture sin. Suddenly you will realize what is the purpose of life. Life is worth living. (laughs) Just because. Relationship. God says what is life? Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your, and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. Love her. He says, that is life. You will suddenly understand there is purpose. And this is temporary. And on the other side, no tear, no pain, no sorrow, no suffering. It's all over. Father comes down. We live with him forever and ever. First get him. Then draw closer. First get him. One way or other, just get him. Once you have got him, Draw closer, closer and closer, like the old song hymn, a closer walk with him, closer and closer and closer, like, you know, walked and walked and walked and walked and one day God said, come on, come on. Yes, Pastor Vijay, we will stop. Yes, yes now let's pray. Pastor Vijay, will you close in prayer? Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, once again. Thank you, Lord, for ex- reminding us and exhorting us. Every time, O oh Lord, we hear your word, I pray, Father, that you, Lord, instill in us the desire, the stir up, Lord, the desire to love you and then to serve you. Because you said, Lord, if you love me, then you will keep my commands, Lord, and therefore, O oh Lord, even through this time of Q&A, oh Lord, that you would stir up in us love and good works. Thank you, Father, once again for this time. And even as we, Lord, and this day, and Lord, prepare ourselves for tomorrow. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would prepare us through the night. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And prepare us continuously for your coming. Thank you and praise you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. amen.